Hello, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. We are still on part four with Kathleen. Welcome back. Differences. I see here there's a question. Differences between tampons, pads, and menstrual cups um, in terms yeah. of usage and benefits. I'm going to say something here. I think Cheryl knows. <laughs> I have never used a tampon. And never. I have never used a pad. I'm drinking a hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I've never used a tampon. And here's why. I read an article once when I was younger about a woman who uh, lost a tampon up there and had an anaphylactic shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that can happen. And I don't know, there was just something about shoving something up there that I just, it just wasn't as convenient and easy for me. I just, I'm a sanitary towel girl. I like to whack a sanitary towel on and especially put a little bit of, when I was, um, after giving birth, I put some witch hazel on my sanitary pads and I put them in the freezer and then I'd put them on uh. after and, it, oh, a lifesaver for me down there like anyone that's pregnant do your research but non-alcohol non-fragrance like all free witch hazel on a sanitary towel whack it in the freezer put it on it's so nice but yeah i'm, I'm a pad girl i'm a pad oh, girl okay i mm-hmm. have to i will tell you my story now i am i used to be a pad girl when i was in in when i first got my period but the moment i started using tampons it changed my life. I don't feel wetness down there. I don't feel squishiness. <laughs> I don't sneeze and have a gush of blood coming out. It I just doesn't feel like I'm on a period. But I did read the same article as you. I had read an article about a girl who slept with her tampon in. And then she got this, the, you know, an anaphylactic shock. And it freaked me out completely. And then I spoke to my gynecologist. And every time I went there, I was like, is there a is there a tampon stuck up there? She's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. I have the, I have the fear that you're just going to find a rogue tampon up there. And she's like, no, are you on your period? I'm like, no. She's like, why would there be one? I'm like, I don't know. I just have a fear. And I still have that fear now, but my life has changed. And I will take that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I, I love it so much, but it's just because I don't have to, you know, have something wet. I just don't think I like the wet feeling. Um, right. Yeah. But I've never yeah, used a it... cup. I've never used a cup. Never. Never. Have mm-hmm. you used the cup, Kathleen? <laughs> uh, okay. So I've used pad and tampon, but never the cup. Oh, um, yeah. Cup, it's, it's very, uh, compared to European countries, cup is very new in Taiwan because, mm. you know, in, in, um, Asian societies were more conservative. So like, I think most most Asian uh, girls grow up using pads only, like not even tampon because tampon is like something into your vagina. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a concept that even like a lot of moms wouldn't accept that, oh, my girl's putting something into her vagina. That's yeah. odd. Right, so, right. Especially um, for Asian parents, I feel, because they're so much more conservative. Yeah, so like here, um, I think most women grow up using pads, and also it, they're not that expensive in Taiwan. But I've mm-hmm. told I, I have this Italian friend who's also a doctor, and then she said like in Italy they always use the cups because the pads and tampons are so expensive. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. using cup is um um they oh, they uh, then I asked her like oh what if you've never had sex like it's weird to have something in there in your like vagina and then she said like look there's only like two sides in Italy one is the one that if you're a virgin and the other one is you you've had sex 
so um so that you that you have different size of uh, different cups and then they learn to use it like since they have period because um those pad and tampons are more expensive in italy and then so they they only use cups there Um, well most most people according to her I, but I do think it depends on how yeah. um, heavy your period is because yes. some women have to use, I know some women that use like jumbo sized um, uh, tampons even and, and pads. They do both yeah. because they're so heavy. So, so for some people I it's not an option. I use the jumbo size and I have to change it every hour, <laughs> every hour on my first day of my period. But I have to tell you, um, what I don't know, do they have sex education here in Taiwan? Because we did sex education in South Africa when I was 12 to talk about contraception and you know, not mm-hmm. contraception, sorry, about a woman's sex. sex. No, no, not sex, yeah. like periods, because I was in an all-girls school. So, you know, they were talking well, about periods. Yeah. And I thought it was just you put the tampon between your lips and hold it there, you know, because I didn't realize you put it in your your vagina yeah you have hole. to push it in um, and then there's like a what? so you put the you put it like horizontally <laughs> I thought I was just like that. <laughs> like no this oh. and then I told my friend like this tampon is messy like I can't hold it there for long enough and she was like looking at me like I'm a psychotic person and the reason why That's I started using hilarious. tampons it's because I was a swimmer and I was swimming instructor. Yes, yes, sticking stick in a tampon. Mm-hmm. So I started when I, I only started my period when I was like 14, turning 15. So I was a little bit later. But I did say to her the first time when they told me to stick stick a tampon, I did not think, oh, it goes in. I just thought you put it between your vagina lips and then you hold it there and then you go swimming. And when I jumped in the water, it like puffed up. And then I told them like, this is messy. (laughs) And they were like, you need to put it in. And it was really the first time. I don't don't think I did it properly, but it was really painful. But I think if you have the right person telling you how to do it, I don't think it's going to hurt. And I don't think it would be that experience. I just think it, it really is important to have proper health care sex education um teaching yeah. you because i think yeah. our one was so it was just an outline that i misunderstood mm-hmm. what they were saying to me and i just was like okay um i will just put it between my lips and hope and, and i just thought that that's just how it is but that would no. cause irritation surely um here no. i just i quickly googled it just you know so it's out of I interest say this yeah. is verbatim i wouldn't like you know this isn't like the most professional thing to do but it does say here that sanitary pads um used when women are menstruating can actually promote growth of bacteria so they say that using tampons um and frequently changing them is actually better than using pads because pads can um yeah grow more bacteria and that's something we need to think about in taiwan because we live in a humid humid country and vaginal yeah. health care is so different in taiwan to mm. vaginal health care in england massively mm-hmm. that's that, that's actually true it's, yeah if you, i think for pad uh, and actually for pad cup or like tampons you have to um not probably not the cup you don't change the cup that often because it has a certain like uh, volume that it could hold like a lot more yeah but then uh for pad and tampon you do have to change them like more frequently if you're living in a humid country like taiwan yeah, yeah. Uh, because like once like that thing like got your period blood it's actually very it's like a nutrition source for the bacteria down there mm. right so, 
if you don't change it that often, there's a higher chance that you get the infection. And what else could it cause? Like, you know how like your skin can get infected and you get spots. Could you get like spots down there? Would you get like sores? Like what would it do if you didn't change it? What would it do? Usually have like really filthy like smell down there. Smell. Yeah. Yeah. And then like itchiness. Or, like itchiness. some people have like burning sensation. Some people yeah. even have like abnormal discharge from the vagina. Uh, That's when it gets really bad, you know, because you're there, there's always the bacteria in your vagina, but if it, it shouldn't go up into your like other like gynecological tract system, but if it goes up, then that's the problem. That's a question though, because I just said this and I didn't realize, can you get spots on your vagina, like inside your vagina, not on the outside? Yes. Can you? Yes, you can. Oh. Oh, yes. Wow. I mean, you don't see it, but like I see it because I, I use the speculum to open up the vagina. And what does that mean? Just means that it's been a bit dirty or they didn't clean it as well or because the, uh, the vagina is a self-cleaning organ, right? So yes, what would cause a spot? That. And also like the vagina has like uh, what we call rugae and then it, it looks very different in different age. So like oh, for younger nice. age, um, our vagina, it's more elastic. And then it has like in different time and different and, and like different phase of the your menstruation cycles, it would have like different secretion. Oh. Um, whereas like for postmenopausal women, their vagina is usually more atrophic. It looks white and then it looks more like smooth. So uh, it looks very different down there. Oh, wow. <laughs> age of life. I'm going through such a different relationship with my vagina right now. I have to be honest because <laughs> I've just pushed a baby out and like I'm only nearly a month, Cheryl. No, um, inside joke. I, I just realized that a month isn't four weeks. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, just, I don't know what going... to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um anyway I'm going through a, a different relationship with my vagina and I'm nearly four weeks postpartum so you know I'm still healing and, and, and all of that jazz but you know things change guys things change okay and I tell yeah. people this I told I told Kat this I said it's gonna get fat and she's like what do you mean it's gonna get fat I'm like your vagina <laughs> is going to be puffy it's going yeah, to look it's, yeah it's puffy it, and it's, it's always yeah it, it but it does it does go back to normal but it just takes a long time. And I mean, not normal. Like now I, I feel like, yeah, it's now maybe I've just gotten used to my new vagina and I think it's normal. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, that could be the, that's definitely the title for this podcast. Our new vaginas. <laughs> I mean, it does, it, it, it definitely will change after you've given birth. Mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, it has. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no doubt about it. I'm still in recovery. I'll wait and see. But yeah, yeah it's changed. It, it has changed. And um, <laughs> I was looking at vaginal rejuvenation laser therapy because it's something that a lot of women do in England. And it's like a dildo that's like a, a laser and you put it up and it helps yeah. the muscles contract and then they get tighter. But you've got to have a couple of sessions. And I was telling Cheryl yes. about it and she was like, I'm oh, doing I'll it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will do it to get it done in Taiwan. Do you um, do it at your you hospital? You can have it done in Taiwan, actually. There were several clinics doing that. Perfect. Not so you're going to go get that done. Is it only in a <sighs> clinic, not a hospital, right? Because it's not it's not covered by the national health insurance. 
Oh, it's more like a, a treatment you pay for your own pleasure. I'm going to ask oh. Dr. Shu, do you do this? <laughs> uh, you will have to ask her because you, uh, is you it... have to go to the clinic that has the machine to do it. But wait, is it a yeah. gynecologist or or would you say it would be a plastic, uh, like a, um, a plastic surgeon? Plastic. Yeah, I think uh, I think go it... to a gynecology. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Because maybe we can try. Honestly, like plastic yeah. surgeons could operate anywhere, but as OBGYN, you you know that part's like a lot better than any other doctors. We and should then we'll do it, yeah. Yes, and, and then, then we'll we do a like... podcast on our new vagina, About our vagina after... rejuvenation. <laughs> <laughs> after the treatment <laughs> before and after picture i'm joking oh good gosh no jesus um yeah so um any questions that stick out for you cheryl that you want to ask before no how, um, how you what are pen... some oh, i don't know i just feel like are there misconceptions to your what people think gynecologists just do yeah so here like um a lot of people think like when you say like oh i'm working in as an OBGYN, people tend to think that you only deliver babies <laughs> they, i didn't even think that i thought they just spoke about your vagina i thought different doctors delivered babies i'll be honest mm -mm -mm -mm. oh really yeah Me but too. here like most most people will fall into the miscon uh misconceptions that OBGYN only do like delivery when I mentioned like, no, we are in the OR, the operation, uh, the operating theater all the time because we have so many surgeries, like my family or like my relatives would like, why? Uh, then I have to explain like, we are mostly surgeons. Um, you're like, when you have like myeloma or cysts or gynecological cancers, they're all, they'll buy OBGYNs. Mm. Um, that's one thing. And the second thing is like a lot of people, at least here, think that if you don't have sex, you won't have any gynecological problems. I think that's very wrong. Mm -hmm. So we have, mm -hmm. I've seen like a lot of patients coming in uh, with some like very, very bad tumor and they've never done any gynecological uh, checks because they think like, well, I've never had sex. I won't have any gynecological problem myself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is I think very very wrong and it needs to be advocated. it is there's so much that yeah. can go wrong with the vagina like there's a lot of gynecologists in England now that are trying to let you know because obviously there's money in it so people are selling like vagina products and most vagina doctors why but I don't know why I'm saying a vagina doctor OBGYN <laughs> they will tell you that if there's a product out there that says it neutralizes your pH level or it helps with smelly this or this they're like don't buy it there's nothing that neutralizes your vagina pH your vagina does that your vagina is a self-cleaning organ like you you don't need to buy a project that says, "Oh, your pH level, this or that." It's all, it's all to make money. If you use that, vagina. you're gonna get thrush, everybody. Yeah, because yeah. I yeah. was a teenager once and was using those wipes, you know, vagina wipes, good for you. Yeah, and I got really bad thrush from it. And after that, yeah. I've learned my lesson. No bath bombs either. No bath. No bath bombs. bombs. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same because I moved to Taiwan and my friend told me <laughs> you need to look after your vagina differently in Taiwan than you do in England because it's human. <laughs> so I went to the Watsons and I brought other supermarkets are available. I brought, yeah, I brought some oh, wipes. Oh, yeah, the, the thing to wash, the intimate yeah. wash. And then I brought a douche 
And then I was ah. doing all of this and I got a really no, bad don't do yeah, the yeah. And I got a really bad thrush. And then I was like, okay. And then I just started taking more probiotics. That was it. I don't know if you'll want this on the podcast, but didn't you have to tell Alec as well, like when he was bathing Kira, how to oh, bathe her because yes. of her vagina and, and he, things, and right? He... You had to like educate him. <laughs> and then, you know what he said to me the other day? He was like, he, she stuck the soap in her hoo-ha. And I was like, it's okay, it's okay. And we call it a moo Oh, get it out. Uh, no, 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 not, not deep. But he was like, she stuck the whole thing in her moo-moo. And I'm like, in our house, we call it a moo-moo. And I was like, oh, no. And then we heard her crying mm -hmm. and saying it's burning. So I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I is. did tell him yeah. that from now on, she's not allowed to handle the soap. It's only water for her. And, <laughs> and when we tell her to wash her private parts, just water, guys water a little bit of washing yeah. you get up in there yeah, and that's it. it you need to educate your partners especially the um, opposite sex i mean i wouldn't know how, what to do with a small penis either so i would hope alec tells me mate neither do i <laughs> neither do i you know how many issues how many clothes me and colin have gone through because we forgot the boys pee yeah up. And we're just like, oh, this is great. Let's change the diaper, change the diaper. And then it's like, oh, he peed all over his onesie. Oh, he peed all over yeah. the changing table. Oh, so I do I do that thing where you open the diaper, you air it a little bit, you know, give them the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be careful because it would just pee too. everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. And it's That's really, only... really annoying. But I'm at the stage now where he's only pooping like once a day and it's like a big poop. So he doesn't like, cause you know, when you first have a baby, they yeah. poo a lot. Right. And then once yeah. they get past that new, but like into like three to four weeks, they just start like once or three times a day. It's fine. And I'm like, Oh, this is better. Like, cause I don't use baby wipes on him. I wash his bum in the sink and use cotton. Mm, that, that's, because he that's gets, yeah. yeah. He gets a really bad diaper rash cause his skin is mm -hmm. really white and um, mm. it, he's, really sensitive so I do that and that gets really tiring after a while but now and it's weird his body's on like a clock it gets to like seven o'clock and he does a poo every night it's good it's like on it's a time good. it's really good <laughs> the uh, that's the only thing night. about girls yeah. guys girls it's good she it just yeah. goes under them there's no spraying I have made the mistake with babysitting oh. remember that day I, I um I was babysitting my couple friends they've got a little boy and I changed the little boy on my yeah. bed and I didn't realize that like as soon as the air hits no. the oh yeah the little pee pee area there's pee everywhere so I was like no not on my bed like trying to cover it <laughs> so I'm happy with my with, that I didn't have to deal with that much problems with pee problems as a little girl it's annoying. But it's I really feel like annoying. little girls will have more um, issues with their private area than boys because it's all like inwards. And it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm a girl. I should know that we, we do suffer with things. And sometimes you're scared to tell people. That's a good, but that's a good bit of um, advice to maybe end on also for new mums. We do have a couple of new mums that listen from a birthing class that I took, um, foreigners and um they've had girls what advice would you give them for looking after one their vagina after giving birth and two their baby's vagina um okay for baby's vagina i really don't have any proof because like i had a slump. <laughs> sorry oh, and you're an obgyn it's different right you're not a pediatrician <laughs> yeah, i learned that like, recently uh, yeah. um don't i mean for all vagina regardless of your age don't over clean it that's one thing. Like, I think mm -hmm. that's very important. We have like patients coming in all the time, like, oh, I think my vagina discharge, it's a bit weird. 
um, it's a bit itchy down there. You know, the first thing we say to the patients, it's not like clean it as much as often as possible. No, we would tell them to do what we call is a Z bath, which is like you get like this um, a bowl of water and then you mm. just sit in there for like 10 minutes and four times a day, just water. Mm-hmm. And then you dry yourself and then you dump the water. That's it. As, as what easy. about what about Japanese toilets? Because they spray the vagina. No, because the, the spread, you mean the washlets, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more like, um, it's similar to like uh, Dolchin. Uh, so, and, and the, yeah, and the jets could be like too strong, especially if you've just given birth, it, you're very sensitive down there. Uh, okay. Can, can I ask something? In South Africa, they they, yeah. they tell us to, after giving birth, to bath in Epsom salt, get a lot of Epsom salt, put it in the bath and bath in it and sit in it after you've given birth. I don't mm-hmm. know. Is that something you would recommend? Like That's for hemorrhoids. Oh, okay. I did not know. I couldn't find salt? Epsom salt. Yeah, it's called Epsom salt. Well, um, well, it's probably suggested there, but like not here. Here we just use like warm water, not too warm, uh, not too hot, not like you know hot springs. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we only use water, okay. just clean water. Don't add anything okay. to it, and then it would help because again, like vagina itself is a self-cleaning organ, and also like the warm water would help increasing the blood flow uh, in your um, perineum area and help the healing. Hmm. Okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what we do, like, all the hmm. time for, like, women in old ages, uh, especially postpartumly. Yeah. It would make a lot of difference uh, um, for, for them. Like, if you see, like, a patient who have – followed your medical advice and then did like sick baths like four times a day like for at least a week postpartumly and those who don't like you see the difference between the wound is this why they give you that little spray bottle or not that there's a spray bottle that they give well we know um i've never used it actually i've seen it but like you don't really need that spray bottle oh okay because that spray bottle is for those who can't move like you have to lie down there then you need you need to use the spray bottle. oh otherwise mm. if you moved around you can move your whole body and then you just sit in that see that- i had to use that bottle to clear to clean my vagina and make sure that was no back because I couldn't move that well because I have bad back problems and my back locked and went out so I was in hospital I was in bed for like two days and every time I got up my husband had to help me had to put me on the toilet I couldn't sit in sitting position and then about what was it like four days or fight I uh, th- on my second to third day my back was stronger and I could walk around but then about a week later um, my back went again and I was in bed again for two days so mm. I think every case is like different on what you can do and can't do but my yeah. back was bad before I gave birth um, mm-hmm. or was pregnant and it was really interesting because when the 
um, the woman came to do my epidural when I was lying down in the position that they ask you to to lie in mm. where your body's mm. like a c-shape right um mm. she looked at my spine and she went oh your spine your back's really bad and I went no I know and she was just like do you get really bad lower back pain and upper back pain and headaches I was like yeah she went yeah I can tell and then she was like you try swimming more and you need to lose weight and I'm thinking, bitch, I'm pregnant. I'm pushing a baby out and you're telling me to lose weight. She literally <laughs> say that to you. Yeah. That I was like, okay. So it's fair, but it, it's 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 valid. And I've had it's postural and all of that. And I do physio, but my back was really bad after giving birth. Like really for taking the time out of your busy schedule <laughs> and you're pregnant and Yeah, and good luck with your pregnancy, good luck with your labor. You're doing a natural birth, right? Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Epidural? Uh, yes, I always go for the epidural. <laughs> give me drugs. <laughs> yeah, and we'll I just want to give a quick shout out also to Wiener, who was on our last episode. She has given birth now. She had to give birth a C-section, which she spoke to us about because her placenta was low. So um, she had a C-section. Oh, Marie, but okay. Af- yeah. After 10 IVF attempts she finally got pregnant and I'm just really happy for her and her family and her daughter's beautiful and I just hope she's doing well and recovering well and I just wanted to give her a little shout out um that we're all from Fools in a Walk we're really happy that she gave birth to her daughter and everyone's healthy and happy so um tune in this is going to be a two-week episode so we're going to have four parts to this so part one part two part three part four we hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you next week Bye. bye